I've been directly involved in the launch of over a dozen multi-site campuses through the churches I've led, and half of them have been in movie theaters. I'm convinced that every church leader should consider using a theater for your next campus or church plant. They're flexible, culturally relevant locations, typically in the center of the community that you're trying to reach. Regal is the only theater company with a dedicated team of full-time consultants ready to help your church launch and succeed in a movie theater. Check out Regal Theater Church church.com for more information on locations your church could use. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. My name's Rich, the host around these parts. So glad that you decided to tune in. Uh, we know you've got a lot going on at your church, and so we're honored that you would take some time out uh, this week to pop us in your earbuds. Uh, and you're going to be rewarded for this. I- I've been looking forward to this conversation for a while with Josh Canizero from One Hope Church in New Orleans. Uh, Josh uh, was originally uh, joined the team at Church of the Highlands um, and was on their team for a while. We've talked, we've had a few folks from Church of the Highlands on uh, in the past, but then just planted uh, this church about two years ago, if I'm if I'm correct. Uh, in yeah, 2014. Yeah. So, Josh, welcome to the show. Why don't you tell us a little bit about One Hope and why are why on earth are you planting in a place like New Orleans? Well, Rich, uh, thanks for inviting me to the to the Unseminary podcast. I'm pretty excited to be with you. Uh, you know, uh, something uh, started very early age for me. I, you know, I'm a pastor's son, so I grew up in and around ministry, and uh, that didn't really draw me to ministry as a way of life. <laughs> it kind of led me away from it in my teenage years. But I tell you, like like many of us, you have an experience with God and you fall in love with Him, and and in the process of that relationship, you realize that you have to actually you got to follow the calling that He's placed in your life, and that started for me very young age. Started uh, in ministry about twenty when I started in youth ministry, actually working with my dad a bit, and and uh, that was right outside of New Orleans. So I'm kind of born and raised right here in this city with all the craziness that happens here throughout the year, and. Uh, like you mentioned earlier, I had a great opportunity after about six or seven years into ministry to to partner with Pastor Chris Hodges in Birmingham, Alabama, with Church of the Highlands. That was back in 2004. Spent 10 years with them, mm-hmm. and uh, just an amazing ride from a from a startup church in a high school in Birmingham to just a, a tremendous ministry in the state of Alabama. And I, I don't know what happened. I'm 10 years in. I was happy, loving life. Had two beautiful children in mm-hmm. Birmingham, and then. You know, there's that still small voice of God again saying, not only do you have to follow the calling of God in ministry, but you got to do it where I've called you to do it. And mm-hmm. and I started just this passion ignited again for New Orleans, just mm-hmm. to, to go somewhere and to, to bring what was happening in Birmingham, actually bring that to a city that I didn't really see it happening the same way. There were, there were some good churches here doing some good things, mm-hmm. but most of them are actually in the suburbs. They're, they're not really in the city of New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And I just started having this passion. And uh, <laughs> like many of us, our wives know ahead of us. My wife was like, I, I, I know we were going there. I was like, no, no, like we're, we were like, uh, we were in the Bible Belt. It was a good mm-hmm. place in Birmingham. Mm-hmm. But coming home was a good thing, and so 2014, uh, we moved back to New Orleans and started laying the groundwork for about six months, mm-hmm. launched the church that fall. And so we're a little over two years into One Hope Church, mm-hmm. and uh, 
man, it's it's been a miracle ride already. And mm-hmm. God's doing some great things. Uh, we recently just added a third service in the Amazing. evening uh, mm-hmm. to take care of people. And um, in a city where some people would say, "Hey, you know, is God gonna is God going to do something there, or can God mm-hmm. do something?" Mm-hmm. I hear so many people say, "Well, that's hard ground," or mm-hmm. you know, or, or "Is it gonna work there?" And I really feel like we're privileged to be a part of something special. <laughs> I actually had a buddy of mine when I was telling him we're going to plant in New Orleans say, man, why would you Why would you want to plant in Nineveh? <laughs> Wait a second. I, yeah. I think I've like, read that story. <laughs> are, you, are you insulting? Yeah, yeah exactly. Have you, read the, have you read the end of the book? I actually said, hey, man, are you, are you prophesying a good thing or a negative thing? And uh, I said, because they actually repented in the end. You know, yes. it was a... It was a and, you know, I, I joke with our team here. I say, listen, it's either Nineveh or the whale. Right. You know, you either, you're either going to go where God's called you mm-hmm. to go or you're going to step outside of his plan. And I believe there's a lot more challenge outside of his plan. And so we're right in the middle of it. And, and Rich, it's been harder than I ever expected it would be. Mm-hmm. But it's also been some of the most fulfilling days of my life. Hmm. Why don't we jump and into so, that and, and kind yeah. of dig pull that apart a little bit. One of the things... I love to do on the podcast is to talk talk with church leaders like yourself who in a lot of ways I think you're leading um, you know you're going to help us learn in the rest of the country um, what it means to reach out to unchurched folks because I would say that the texture of the uh, your average unchurched person in New Orleans is maybe a little different than other parts of the country so yeah. why don't we kind of pull that apart a little bit what does it look like for you um, trying to reach out to unchurched people in New Orleans what are some of the things you've done uh, that God's used um, over these last few years well, you know, a couple of things. We, we, we do some things actually in our Sunday environment, which I'll touch on secondly. Uh, I think they're, they're, they're important to actually design your Sunday environment to be a place where unchurched people can actually understand what's happening. Mm. Uh, for so many of us, if you grew up around church or even attending, what you saw growing up is kind of your normal. Mm. Uh, you see things that way. And if you didn't have that, well, then you have no idea what normal is. <laughs> and you're just walking into something like, man, they're weird. Like, yeah. this is this is awkward. Like, what is what is worship? And so uh, we've answered some of those questions on Sundays. And I'll, I'll get to that a little bit more. But mm-hmm. I really would say the number one thing that we've done that's opened the door mm-hmm. is really just serving our community. Mm. Uh, before we even opened the church, uh, before we had our first Sunday service, I should say, mm-hmm. we actually pursued the community in a big way. We pursued serving people. Mm. And we, we did a very bold thing, Rich. We decided that 10% of everything we raised to launch the church, before we actually had a service, we were going to give away Wow. To to needs in our community, we we're just gonna we're gonna kind of take this big step of faith. Like, hey, we don't know if we're gonna be here in six months, but we're gonna we're gonna invest to begin with. And for us, um, by the grace of God, turned out to be a pretty large number. Wow, tens of thousands of dollars. We <laughs> found uh, some other ministries that we could partner with, but mostly we would do what we called serve Saturdays. Mm. Serve Saturdays. We okay. would just first first Saturday of every month. We mm-hmm. would show up to a neighborhood close to where we were going to plant the church, and we would just we would clean. We mm-hmm. would pick up trash. We would we would straighten things. We wouldn't knock any doors first. We would serve for two or three hours, hmm. and then we would come back around afterwards. And when we would knock on doors, you'd be surprised how many doors opened because they said, "Hey, we saw you. 
doing this. And the doors opened and we were able to introduce ourselves. Uh, many of them came out with water, came out with things because they saw that we were caring for them first. Hmm. And I think it's one of the things that's missing in the local church. Absolutely. We're, we're, we're kind of looking for people to do something for us or right. to show up to a service. To our thing. And when you go the opposite direction, people are willing to come and see if you're willing to love them first. Absolutely. Well, let's pull that apart. First of all, I, I'm, I'm helping a friend of mine who's, um, and by helping, it means I'm just providing some rah-rah cheerleading uh, support, yeah. a guy that's planning a church right now. And, and I don't want to just skip over the fact that you gave 10% of your launch fund away. That That's amazing. Like there, I know when you're in that mode, literally every dollar uh, counts. You know, you're coming yeah. down to like, you know, you're you're amassing a pile of money and then you're going to spend every dollar up until the day you launch. Um, yeah. And that's incredible. And I think that is seen by your community. That, that's amazing. Now, it, when, how did you pick when you kind of went into a neighborhood? Did you what, what, what went into that process when you kind of decided, hey, this is the neighborhood we're going to go to and, and do these Serve Saturdays? What did that look like? Uh, well, the Serve Saturdays for me really began to be uh, what surrounded the area that God had opened the door for us to be in. I, I think sometimes um, when you're looking at going to a city, I, we all have big visions. So like, I'm going to win this city. Mm-hmm. And I always say you can't win the city if you don't actually win your neighborhood. And mm-hmm. so we, I stepped back a little bit and just said, okay, God's opened the door in this particular facility for us to, to partner with. We, we partner with an elementary school in the city of New Orleans, and uh, we pay rent uh, to a lo- local school that really funds their after-school programs. Mm. And, and so that was, the, that was the door for us in order to serve in the community. Mm-hmm. And so I said, you know, we're going to start there. That's going to be our epicenter. And mm-hmm. they should see us more than anyone, not just on Sundays. They should see us making a difference in our neighborhood. And I mm-hmm. think that it'll cascade out from there, that mm-hmm. it'll build out. And so right now we're kind of laying the groundwork from expanding from two or three neighborhoods just around where we are mm. to 10 or 12 neighborhoods in the city. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're putting together a bit of what we're taking the small idea that's been working mm-hmm. and broadening it so that we can kind of we can reach more people mm. by hitting hitting more neighborhoods. So I, I think sometimes we complicate these things too much, Rich. Mm-hmm. It, all right. If God puts you standing on a particular uh, plot of land, mm-hmm. well, there you go. Right. Start there. <laughs> that just I even have some church planters every once in a while who'll say, "Hey, I want to come to New Orleans." And I say, "Man, I'd love for you to come to New Orleans." And they say, "Well, are you, you know, is it okay to plant and all, you know, like near you?" And I'll say, "Listen, I want you to plant anywhere you want. Give me two or three blocks mm-hmm. so that our signs don't confuse people. Right. <laughs> like, where to buy this?" And then I just need you to know that I'm going to win my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to win. And I think starting simply there mm-hmm. is one of the wisest things you can do. Mm-hmm. Now, how has that continued to kind of as you, um, you know, you, you've, you know, looked into kind of serving your, your community through outreach events like this? How has that continued now that you've launched? Was that just something you did, you know, and that's pre-launch activity or has that continued? Uh, every single month, mm-hmm. the first Saturday of every month, for over two years now, mm-hmm. we have been somewhere in the city, uh, showed up with our, you know, we have our serve team shirts, so we're all together. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have done, uh, it's not a one-time thing or a two-time thing. It is the vision of our church. We actually call 
uh, our volunteer team. We don't like the word volunteer so much. Mm-hmm. We call it our serve team mm-hmm. because what we what we saw and what we see example with Jesus is that he didn't stand at the top of the pile and say, "Hey, get get it right." Mm-hmm. Jesus climbed to the bottom of the pile, mm-hmm. humanity, and, mm-hmm. and he pushed us all up. Mm. And so I think he was willing. So myself, I'm the lead pastor. Mm-hmm. I still show up mm-hmm. two, two, two plus years into this. I'm still here on Serve Saturdays with a dirty shirt and, and exampling the way that I think Jesus would. And, and honestly, I think it's probably still the most important thing, especially in the first couple of years of your church. Uh, statistics tell us that in the first two years of a church plant, your community is still learning that you're, if you're even there. They don't even know. Mm. It takes two years for them to really discover where you are. Mm-hmm. And it takes four, four years for them to start trusting you. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, I think we have to be as consistent and as faithful as we possibly can mm-hmm. to the simple idea of serving. Right. Now, what impact has it had on your... Uh, so I, I can see and understand the impact you've, it's had on your community. Talk about the impact that it's had as you've tried to build a team and kind of you know develop your core and really develop a group of people who are committed to One Hope as yeah. you've been out serving. How has this impacted uh, that group? Well, uh, you know, a lot of times what people see in their leadership, they, they emulate. I mean, right. we know that that exampleship really works. Mm-hmm. And so what we have found is by serving people first, that it's attracted people whose hearts are not only open to what we're doing, but who really recognize that that's the way forward. Mm-hmm. And so we have a tremendous team of people over a third of our church right now, about 35% are active every single month serving in some capacity, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's in Sunday morning services or a small group environment or mm-hmm. or one of our serve Saturdays. Mm-hmm. We've had a great return on, on recruiting them and I, I think it's by doing the practical thing, mm-hmm. not just saying go there, mm-hmm but actually going there yourself mm-hmm. and, and, and doing those things. Well, and there's a group of, of volunteers, by people who are willing to serve, who frankly, um, they would be intimidated by, um, hey, leading a small group or you know maybe taking on a kid's environment. But if you were to say to them like, hey, ever come out for the first Saturday every month and lead a group of people who are gonna go out and do some sort of practical help in their community, they'll yeah. plug in and get connected. Um, which, which a lot of times, and sometimes those are guys, and a lot of times churches have a hard time connecting with with that group. And what I found is in churches that have a really robust service culture like this, there's a swath of, again, particularly guys who are plugged in and serving, who a lot, of, a lot of churches are are losing. They're not, you know. And are you seeing that sort of thing at One Hope too? Absolutely, we have a very strong contingency of young men mm-hmm. who are, are passionate about being involved in. And in my environment, we're, we set up and take down church every single weekend. Yeah. And so you need some people who can carry a few things. And yeah, so by, by having this culture, absolutely, we have a strong contingency of men. And, and also, I'll tell you, one of the added benefits, uh, we live in a very diverse city. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, there's still not many churches that are diverse. Mm-hmm. And by starting this approach, not only do we see gender diversity and that we have a lot of men getting involved mm-hmm. and women getting involved, mm-hmm. uh, but the the ethnic background of our church is very diverse. Mm. We have people from every economic and ethnic background serving and being a part of what we're doing. And, and it's because the people who are in greatest need, if they're being helped, uh, they're going to be drawn in, and then they're going to start to serve. And then when people who have more means see this, um, what I call return on investment, they see they see what they're investing in working, it draws them in in a greater way. And, and 
it really is uh, a dream coming mm -hmm. true mm -hmm. that we would be a truly diverse environment mm -hmm. and uh, and grow that way. So I think there's a lot of great byproducts of just simply saying I'm going to roll up my sleeves. I'm mm -hmm. not just going to preach on Sunday. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be a good talker. Mm -hmm. I'm going to I'm going to dive into this. And I'll just tell you, Rich, it's mm -hmm. it's challenging mm -hmm. because you'll see need at a level that that uh, frightens you at times. Mm -hmm. Like this is huge. How do we fix this? Mm -hmm. uh, I, there are many nights that I'm just like, Lord, how how are we going to tackle these types of projects? Mm -hmm. And what I find is that God's faithful. Mm -hmm. He really is faithful to show up when we start doing our part. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, why don't we, um, I want to talk a little bit about being portable because that uh, I know, although, you know, we've had a number of portable churches on, I'd love to hear a little bit about what your setup is looking like. How are, you know, tell me about the, the location you're in and what are some of the things you've learned over the last few years that make you sustain that, that, it, that have you, you know, able to stay portable and not, you know, burning people out. What's that look like for you? Uh, one of the great things, um, because of my past experience with Highlands, uh, we, we launched a number of our locations portably. So had a little bit of experience there. I knew that there are certain things that make it a lot harder. And so poor planning certainly makes mm. portable uh, very challenging. And so when people come into an environment and they see streamlined processes, they see a good plan, they see that you invested on the front end to make this as easy as possible. Mm -hmm. You get a little more buy-in from mm -hmm. people to be involved. When they feel like, man, what were you thinking? Right. It, it tends to create burnout. Yeah. One of the very practical things that we did is most church environments, they have what they call one setup and takedown team. It's like one team, and they kind of put all the eggs in that one basket, mm -hmm. and that team tends to be the quickest to burnout, mm -hmm. tends to be the highest turnover of people, and so one of the things that we started with here is we said, listen, every serve team, so whether it's kids, hospitality, whether it's production or, or, or worship teams, every team has a portion of their team that's dedicated to set up and take down. And so we've actually spread out the pressure. Mm. So no one like 10 people have all the weight. Yes. Hey, is there anything else you want to share before we jump into the lightning round? Uh, yeah, I would say just... Coming to a city that is um, not in a, in a Bible Belt part of our country, coming to an, an, an unchurched city, I think just being very practical about what you do and even explaining things along the way. I mentioned earlier about really designing your Sunday services with, with the unchurched in mind, and that is largely just maybe after the first song walking up and saying, hey, welcome to worship, and we're going to be singing, and, and as we sing, it's really our worship to God. Just take a few minutes to actually explain what you're doing. Mm. Every single Sunday, I talk for about five minutes to people who, who've never been to the church before, and mm -hmm. I just make sure that they're able to connect the dots mm -hmm. with things that are unfamiliar to them, and I'll tell you, it goes a long way. And it also helps the church folks to buy into like, hey, if you bring someone on a Sunday who doesn't know anything about this, mm -hmm. we're going to treat them with respect and dignity. But we're also going to make sense of maybe why people are clapping in worship, why, why we're singing the way we are singing. And I just think sometimes we have to step back from our, our uh, 10,000 foot view of mm -hmm. church and ministry and just get down. My pastor used to say, I've got to put the cookies on the bottom shelf. So true take it down. So I would say that's one of the most practical things you can do. And so let's jump into the, the lightning round. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Uh, well, what's an online resource, uh, Josh, that you're using these days that's helping you uh, in your ministry? 
Um, I, I still use a lot um, uh, grow.com, um, and they have a resource page, which is uh, – uh, is also resources.growleader.com, and mm -hmm. and it's a free resource. It comes from the church group that I'm a part of, mm -hmm. and so I use them a lot as far as ideas and, and helping to stir fresh things. And when you're preaching, you know, one of the things about being a part of a team is great, but when you actually become the leader of a team, you're going to be preaching a whole lot more, and having mm -hmm. fresh content and information and really vision mm -hmm. helps a lot. Mm -hmm. and, and so having someone that you can look to, I also look to Life Church, mm -hmm. open.life.church. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. I use them uh, quite a bit these days. Uh, love Pastor Craig Groeschel. Mm -hmm. uh, lots of uh, practical inspiration, but then they also share everything. Yeah, it's great. It's so helpful. I mean, it, if you're not using it in a small church or in a new church environment, uh, you're really trying to reinvent the wheel rather right. than being able to just repurpose some things. And they're very gracious. We honor them regularly, but they're very gracious to give it all away. Absolutely. Great, great stuff. What's a book you've read in the last, I don't know, maybe six months to a year that's shaped your thinking or ministry? Well, uh, we, we mentioned earlier uh, Carrie New, uh, Newhouse's uh, book, mm -hmm. um, I Just Lost the Lasting, the Lasting Impact, Impact is yep. the name. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, it helped to remind me of uh, the, the answers that we want to provide to people who 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 are unchurched, it's mm -hmm. a great reminder. We actually took our entire core team, mm -hmm. gave them the book, asked them to read it, and we had a night where we just had a, about a three-hour conversation about uh, these things that help us. So I would recommend uh, that one. Mm -hmm. I would also, if you're a church planter, um, this is a little bit older book, way back when, uh, <laughs> "Courageous Leadership" by mm -hmm. Pastor Bill Hybels. Yep. If you're a church planter or you're considering it, mm -hmm. uh, there's a few books that I've read two or three times, and I've read Courageous Leadership many times. It challenges me. It touches something in this entrepreneurial risk taker mm -hmm, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. to actually keep doing it. And so I recommend that one as well. Yeah, absolutely. Both great books for sure. Um, what's another ministry uh, that you're looking to that inspires you? You mentioned Life uh, Life Dot Church, uh, but any yeah. other churches out there that inspire you these days? Man, there are so many. I probably have 30 or 40 churches <laughs> right. on a tab. And what I do on some days is when I'm just, you know, you're, you're prayerfully looking for good ideas or you see something that you're going to stir. And I just go tab by tab. Obviously, Hillsong is tremendous. Uh, Elevation Church, uh, Pastor Stephen Furtick. Some of these guys are so creative. Mm -hmm. Andy Stanley. I mean, mm -hmm. you can't go wrong. We're resourced. Uh, with some of the smartest people and some of the most dynamic people in the world. Uh, I still like a little T.D. Jakes as well. Nice. I think it's some of my uh, my heritage here mm -hmm. in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I just simply, I believe that God works through revelation and inspiration. Mm -hmm. And so when you're in the Bible a lot mm -hmm. and you're listening to the Word of God, there are going to be moments where you're inspired. And when that happens... I'm just very diligent to write all that down and, and take note of it. And mm -hmm. So there, I, I know it's a lot, but That's I really great. think you you can you can find a lot with uh, with with Google these days. You mm -hmm. know? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. If you could get 15 minutes with any leader alive, who would you want to get that with, and why? Um, most recently for me is uh, Patrick Lencioni. Mm. I've been uh, just a big fan of his uh, for years. Uh, or just ordered his newest book about pastoring. He's doing one that's dedicated. Uh, to ministry or taking mm -hmm. care of what he calls a parish. He comes from a Catholic heritage, mm -hmm. which so do I. So I'm mm -hmm. really looking forward to reading that one. But 
if I can get 15 minutes with him, mm-hmm. uh, I've got a list of questions, probably one question from every book. <laughs> he's, he's, <laughs> right. he's written kind of like, hey, what would you expound uh, yes. on this particular idea? Explain but, this a little more, explain that a little more, that kind of thing. For he, sure. He's a tremendous uh, thinker. Mm-hmm. And then when you really get into his books, the practical application, mm-hmm. uh, it's just, it's, it's something you can take from the book and actually use. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, good, uh, good stuff. Uh, if, you know, I know being a, a lead pastor is super busy. There's a lot going on. It sounds like you're, you know, a lot happening at One Hope. Uh, but when you just want to kick back, relax, enjoy life a little bit, what do you do for fun? Um, I come from, a, as I mentioned earlier, a big uh, Italian Catholic heritage. So I've got, uh, you know, my grandfather... Uh, just went on to be with the Lord recently, mm. 20 grandchildren, 20 great grandchildren. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, and so for me, family is a big deal, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's uh, you know taking my son four-wheel riding or mm. shooting or um, I'm, I'm, I'm a avid CrossFitter these days. Nice. And so I, I'm not really showing it off in the video here. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But, uh, you know, for me, you have to have something – that requires you to, to step away from all of the ministry focus and you need something that kind of forces it. Right. And so if, for me, if I'm outdoors, it, it's hard for me to be thinking uh, about necessarily what I'm preaching because I'm focused on walking with my kids or, mm. or playing ball with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, CrossFit does that for me as well. I have to focus on what I'm doing to survive. Mm. <laughs> so, <laughs> nice. So you don't uh, drop a big tire on you or something. <laughs> something like that. So it, it, it helps to have something that forces your thinking away because, you know, I, I think that's really the enemy's biggest attack on, on leaders Mm-hmm. is that he just tries to distract us with so many overwhelmed thoughts mm-hmm. and can is this going to work mm-hmm. and um if i could just say you know to anyone who may be listening to this podcast randomly one day mm-hmm. and you're in that place where you feel overwhelmed and discouraged uh the bible says in in psalms that god goes before us and he follows us and that he pa- places his hand of blessing upon our head. Mm-hmm. And there are many days when I felt like, is this going to work in this city? And there are still days like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, even this week where I'm like, God, is this, gonna, is this really going to take off in a big way? Mm-hmm. And I keep reminding myself that, that if I will stay focused on his truth, his principles, his hand of blessing is on my head. Mm-hmm. He's going to carry us through it. And so, Rich, I, you know, I just I focus on taking some good breaks so that I can make the, the long haul of this. I can, mm. I can make it to the end. Oh, that's a good that's a good place to wrap it up. Josh, I really appreciate you being on the show today. If people want to get in touch with the church or with you, how can they do that? What's the best way for them to connect? Oh, just check out our site. It's onehopechurch.com, all spelled out. Or you can check us out on any social media site at mm-hmm. onehopenola. And so onehopechurch.com or at onehopenola on most of the social media platforms. And uh, I'd love for you to check us out. And if we can help in any way, if you're looking for a resource, uh, we love to invest in other churches. Glad to. Thanks so much, Josh. Appreciate you being on the show today. Thanks, Rich. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter.
at Rich Birch or through email, rich at unseminary.com. Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com. It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary.